Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. In Jewish tradition and Jewish practice, there is a tension. There's a tension between, on the one hand, our own spiritual needs, our own spiritual experiences, and when we need to set aside those personal needs and personal spiritual experiences for the benefit of being part of a community and for serving other people in the world and fulfilling our responsibilities as human beings towards others. Judaism has never been a, an ascetic religion where one puts oneself aside completely, separating oneself from the world in order to experience a spiritual elevation of one's own. We are always thinking about community. We're always thinking about our responsibility to other human beings. But that's not to say that we should deny or, or take lightly our own spiritual experiences. So last week when I talked about Birchot HaShachar, the morning blessings, and talked about the fact that the Talmud says that we should say each of these blessings as part of our morning wake-up routine, and instead, perhaps because people weren't doing that or aren't inclined to do that, we say them as part of the morning service or our own morning davening, and realizing as we do that we're separating from our own personal experience and focusing on our responsibility as human beings. One example, according to the Talmud, we say when we put our clothes on for the first time, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who clothes the naked. That's a personal statement. When we say it as part of the morning blessings, we might be thinking about our own clothing, but more than likely, we're thinking about our responsibility to clothe others who are naked, to perform acts of tzedakah, because according to the tradition, just as God clothed the naked in the Garden of Eden, so do we have the responsibility to reach out to those in need and using clothe the naked, either literally or, or as, as a, a figurative statement for helping those in need. So that's an important aspect of the moving of those blessings into the communal service or at least into a, a later point separated from our wake-up routine. But we can't deny the power that blessings have in our own personal spiritual lives. Even if we're not trained ourselves, if we haven't trained ourselves to say the blessings of Birchot HaShachar, when we wake up in the morning, we might encounter a situation over the course of a day or over the course of our lifetime where one of those blessings has additional significance. And by saying them at that moment, we're responding to our experience and that's what a blessing should be. The response to an experience in which we then acknowledge God's role in the world, our appreciation of creation, whatever it might be. Let me give you a couple of examples. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who opens the eyes of the blind. Talmud says, say it when we first open our eyes in the morning. We've moved it to Birchot HaShachar, to the morning blessings as part of the service, thinking in mind, perhaps, keeping in uh, our responsibility for those who are in need. But, what happens when a person has eye surgery and they take the bandages off and a person's able to focus one's eyes 
and sees the world more clearly. What a perfect time to say, blessed are you, O Lord, who opens the eyes of the blind. And then it means something so deeply meaningful spiritually on a personal basis. Or one of the blessings of Bechor Tashachar, we're supposed to say it according to the Talmud when we first take steps. Blessed be you, O Lord, our God, who guides our human being steps, guides the steps of a human being. What the power that would be for somebody who had been unable to walk for a while, doing an injury to whatever it might be, and they're able to get out of bed or get out of a wheelchair and perhaps with some help walk for the first time ever in their life or for the first time in a while. What a perfect time to say those blessings, to say that particular blessing. And even if we don't remember to say it every day, which we really should, because walking any day is a miracle, at least on those moments where it's significant in our own life, saying the blessing can be so powerful. And I want to share with you two personal stories, one in which I remembered to say a blessing and one in which I didn't. And even in that, the one that I didn't, there's a lesson involved. But two personal stories from my life which I think can illustrate this point. There's a beautiful blessing that's said in the morning. Uh, it's, again, part of the morning service. Some people say it, but it has a very specific time where it was supposed to be said. And the blessing goes like this. I'll give you the beginning in Hebrew and then read the entire blessing in English. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who creates the human body with wisdom. Praised are you, O Lord, our God, who rules the universe, who creates the human body with wisdom and created within it all different kinds of organs. It is revealed and known before your throne of glory that if one of them should fail to function by being blocked or open, it would be impossible to exist. Praise to you, Adonai, healer of all flesh, sustaining our bodies in wondrous ways. Should but one of them fail to function by being blocked when it should have been opened or opened when it should have been blocked, it would be impossible for us to exist. Now, some of you may be familiar with that blessing. You might have heard a rabbi or a teacher or yourself read when that blessing traditionally is said. It's traditionally said after one uses the bathroom. And it there are many traditional Jews, I'm sure, who say that blessing, who remember to say that blessing every time they use the bathroom because it is actually a marvelous miracle that our bodies are able to eliminate waste in this way. Well, an experience that I shared, I'm sure, with some of you out there, I had abdominal surgery for a GI issue several years ago. And in this form of GI surgery, as in many forms, uh, after uh, the surgery, part of the recovery process is getting the system to wake up again. I don't have to go into more detail than that, but the ability to use the bathroom, the ability to eliminate waste. And it can be a process of waiting. And in my case, it was waiting for three or four days. And finally, when that moment came, it came as I had been told it might with a uh, a great impact. I'll leave it at that. Too much information. You don't have to have more than that. But it really, really woke up suddenly and with a great power. 
it was a physical experience that I will never forget. It was an emotional experience, which I'll never forget. And what I also won't forget is the fact that I remembered to say that blessing immediately afterwards. That I found my door, my prayer book, and said that blessing immediately afterwards. And it was an acknowledgement of thanks to God for this ability, which had been taken away from me for a few days, suddenly to come back again. And that therefore I could continue to live knowing that the surgery had been successful and that the recovery had been successful. And now I say this every morning because it's a reminder of how precious, how special that ability, that human ability is. I don't think if I had had this experience, that blessing would mean as much to me as it does. So it went from being something that I smiled about to something I said with great meaning and then to something that I now say each day remembering the impact of that moment and how important it is. So now let me give you one other example. It comes from my time working at Camp Ramon, New England. I, when I was a Roche division head, I used to give all of my counselors an index card at the beginning of the summer. And on that index card, it had the blessing to say when we hear thunder, when we see lightning, or when we see a shooting star. And I said, you're going to have the experience with your kids where one of these experiences or more is going to happen. And you have the opportunity to elevate that moment into a spiritual moment of appreciation and acknowledgement of the wonder of God's creation. And thankfully, some of them actually kept that index card. And I remember one day where there was a bad thunderstorm and the kids were stuck in the bunks for an hour or two when it was a particularly bad thunderstorm and the thunder was really, really loud and the lightning was flashing, several of the counselors told me they said those blessings with the kids and that the kids, some of whom had been afraid or at least unnerved by the thunder and lightning, were suddenly able to, to, to recognize this as part of the experience of the world and the wonder of the world and were calmed and instead found it to be a meaningful experience that they remembered. So it can happen. And I know I've interrupted services on occasions when I've been leading them when there's been a thunderstorm to stop and say that blessing with the congregation because it really does have an impact when we experience the world in this way. Well, the third blessing on that list, in addition to thunder and lightning, was the blessing for a, a shooting star and try as I might to get the uh, uh, group out on an overnight when the uh, Perseid meteor th shower takes place in August. I was never able to do that. It was either cloudy and rainy or it was too late in the summer, whatever it was. I never got a chance. So I don't know if any of the counselors ever said that blessing with the kids, which is Osema Sebreshit, blessed be God who, um, who works the acts of creation when you see the shooting star, because it reminds us of light coming out of the darkness, the beginning of creation. Well, a few weeks after the summer, uh, when the thoughts of those blessings were in the back of my mind, but, but fading from my intense experience of the summer, I was driving down a road in Pennsylvania where I was working at the time, when I was suddenly out of the sky, right in my field of vision, right ahead of me, was the biggest fireball I've ever seen, a meteorite. It was reported in the papers for days after that, and people were all concerned about it. But at that moment, I saw this big fireball come out of the sky. 
And my first thought was, and I said this real loud in the car, even though there was no one with me, I said, oh shit, look at that. And it wasn't until a few hours later that I realized that that was the moment I had been waiting for to say the blessing. So it taught me a few things. First of all, remember the blessings and remember to say them. But then I started to think, even though that wasn't the traditional words of the blessing, of course, something about that experience of saying the wow, of seeing that moment where it was just completely, completely astounding for me at that one moment was just incredible. And had I included God's name in that, it would have served as a blessing. Because the key in Jewish tradition is that we acknowledge God's role in the world in whatever way we can. So I wouldn't get so concerned that you didn't say the exact words of the blessing the way that the tradition tells us to. It's good if you can. Keep an index card or now keep it on your phone, whatever it might be around you, to know that you can respond to an event like this with the words of the traditional blessing. But if you can't do that, or if you don't like saying something that somebody else told you to say, just saying, wow, look at this experience that God's creation has provided for me. Or I understand this significant moment in my life, and I will never forget the meaning of this moment because it reminds me of the gift of life that God has given me. However we say it, however we express it, the idea of saying a blessing at a personal moment of great meaning is an absolutely essential part of our spiritual lives as Jews. Until next time, thank you.